Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Drew with a special episode of my other podcast that I co-host regularly. And uh, it's Weekly Comic Spotlight over at John Mayo's comic book page. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to it. It's a standard review show of uh, a Marvel, a DC, and an independent comic. Uh, each week. So uh, check this out. And if you like it, go over there and subscribe or check out uh, those those episodes. They're a lot of fun. So thanks again for listening. Um, here you go. Now starting us off in DC is Hawkman Found Number 1, or as I'm tempted to refer to it, Hawkman Found Number 1, Reader Lost 399. Um, this is one of the Dark Knight's Metal um, tie-ins, I guess. When I drive home on the days we're going to record, I'm usually going through, it's like, oh, well, you know, let me get my thoughts in order. What do I want to say about these things? And for the other two, uh, it was, I, I, I could pretty much do that. For this one, I was racking my mind. It's like I read this a few days ago, a little earlier than usual, but I, 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 I had a really hard time remembering what this was. This was a, of, in my mind, fairly forgettable issue. And it's not a bad issue, but it was a really lightweight issue issue story-wise, and even when I was going through and taking my notes as I was reading it, I was having a really hard time coming up with, with really much to say. Yeah, I, I, I feel that because, you know, it's it's a Jeff Lemire book. Is it? Yeah, Jeff the, Lemire the, wrote the, this. The reason I ask, if you go to the um, the, the credits, it's Jeff Lemire who wrote it. Yeah, I saw that. Looks like they dropped that... Uh, they Is dropped that the colorist the, or the letterer that's, that screwed that up? Uh, I'm going to go with the letterer and or assistant, associate, or regular editor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They really they dropped the ball on that. Maybe that's a good way to take your name off of something. Just take the I out of my name because I don't want anything to do to do with The, the funny thing is this whole dot the I's, cross the T's kind of a thing for proofreading. And this is literally not only did they not dot, they <laughs> didn't have the I. <laughs> uh, when it comes to creator-owned work um, and smaller publisher work, I don't think there's anybody better than Jeff Lemire. Um, really, the the stuff that he that he's doing, uh, Dark Horse with Black Hammer, uh, the Royal City stuff he's doing, Descender. Um, he, he's done a bunch of stuff for Valiant that's been well received. Um, he's he's really really talented, and when it comes to his big two work, a lot of it a lot of it becomes a paint by the numbers, really. Uh, kind of a boring uh, uh, it doesn't have there's something missing there's something missing i can't put my finger on it but it never really crackles as well as it uh, as some of his other stuff and i and i don't know if it's editorial control or it's his own self-imposed uh guidelines that he that he limits himself they just don't seem to be as good um there, there could be some exceptions that i'm missing that are obvious to those that are listening and please let me know uh, what what I've forgotten, but if I'm if I'm thinking recently, the big two stuff just hasn't hit, and uh, and he's done really really well with some of these smaller publisher works, and I don't know what the disconnect is. I think for me, he's just on a different wavelength. A lot of his creator owned stuff just isn't of interest to me and hasn't connected with me. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm not part of that target target audience or something. Um, I would agree that some of the work he's done over at Valiant and one or two of those other places and stuff has, has been good. He's not bad. He's got talent. 
But I would also agree that some of what he's doing, particularly at the big two, lacks that spark or whatever that he seems to have in some of those other works. With this, I don't want to place too much of the blame on him because it could have been as simple theoretically as DC or the powers that be over there saying, you know, we're doing this this Dark Knight metal thing and we're going to have Hawkman in it. We should do a Hawkman one shot. Let's let's go grab a writer and say, okay, do something with Hawkman. We'll give you a little extra page count. It'll be a three ninety nine book or whatever. Just just do something about the history. Have it be a little cryptic or whatever. Just at the end of it, we need Hawkman to be available for you know what's going on in in, in Dark Knight Metal. And I can imagine any writer saying, oh, okay, great, uh, happy to do that. Can you tell me what's going on there? And them saying, well, you know, we don't want to give too much away. Now I'm not saying <laughs> that's what happened. I'm saying I can imagine that could have happened. Because this had the standard tie-in, do something that seems important enough for people to buy, but not so important it actually should have been in the series it's tying into. And there were one or two places here where it's talking about how Hawkman had um, gone to Challenger's Mountain and and stuff had happened or whatever. Uh, and I'm like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Last we saw him, he was hanging with Adam Strange and he died. Off-planet. Um, and... I mean, the art here by Brian Hitch is, is phenomenal as, as I would have expected, but the shallowness of the story, um, and, and I'm stretching to use the term story there. It's essentially, we got a guy in a cave, there are other guys, and I'm like, well, based on how they look, maybe they're other incarnations of, of Hawkman or something, I guess, I don't know, and, you know, the, the whole mystery of Hawkman or whatever, it's like, okay, if there's any cryptic, mysterious character in the DC universe, just by nature of publishing history, it is Hawkman. When editors at DC have in the past referred to the radioactivity of Hawkman because of, of his convoluted history and how often they had changed it at times and how they just got to put him on a shelf and kind of let people quietly forget what they'd done so they can bring him back out and try something else. Um, <laughs> he, he's a tough character to, to deal with. And this issue not only didn't answer any questions, it raised a couple of new ones like, Wait, what the hell was going on? Didn't he just die and he's over at Challenger's Man- uh, Mountain? It's like, what the hell? Um, and, and why publish this? I mean, to me, it, it kind of implies maybe they're leading towards a Hawkman series or at least a series with Hawkman in it. And I'd be cool with that. But there was nothing in here that made me think, wow, this is a deep character. Matter of fact, how much did this guy even, did he even speak in this issue? Um, I think, yeah, it was all voiceover boxes. Uh, I think he grunted a time or two. Once, and uh, no, he he tells somebody he's he's gonna kill them and, and whatnot. He had a f- a few lines of dialogue in this oversized issue, and it is, in my opinion, almost the de- definitive uh, or, or epitome of of kind of forgettable story. Yeah, when I was reading it, and I was thinking, this reminds me of uh, the 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 Secret Wars, Secret Empire tie-ins that you know marvel was doing that maybe didn't really need to be done but they were trying to you know kind of eke out a little more juice from some some thread that was left somewhere in the in the main story and and so i it's i just felt like dc's version of that and fairness dc has done this before they've had crossovers that are tie-ins that were tangential at best as far back as crisis oh yeah the, the whole phrase of a red sky tie-in is you've got yes. something that says, oh, it ties into Crisis on Infinite Earths. And there's like one panel that somebody's looking up saying, why is the sky red? Yes, this is not their first foray into um, these sort of, of loose loose tie-ins that, 
really might not have a real function in the mm-hmm. in the readership. Still doesn't make it any better. No. Um, this is one that man, I was hoping for. You know what's going on with Hawkman? What direction do they want to take the character? Something in this whole dark universe stuff that they're building up is is frankly getting a little less and less interesting to me. Uh, the more and more they reveal of it, it's it's not bad. It's not even a bad concept. It's just one that I it's it's a bit more dystopic and whatnot than I would like for them to do, and I'd like for them to explore the the positive side of the multiverse or whatever. Um, for me, though, this was as beautiful as, as the artwork was, and it was indeed terrific. It was something that, within days, I had completely spaced on the contents of, and my only recollection of it before I realized, oh yeah, it was this, this Hawkman found thing, was, I remember it looking nice and having no substance. Yeah, it's, it's a, a real, it's a kind of a zero issue, and, um, didn't, didn't mean much. Uh, I don't think it really adds anything to the metal event if if you're uh, in, enjoying that uh, you don't feel obligated to go chase this thing down mm-hmm. um there's really nothing here no there's really no meat on the bone if you're a super fan of oh, man well then you might enjoy this uh if but uh, but th- there's nothing groundbreaking here it's um it's just some just just a, a nice little story that uh is kind of forgettable but to me, it was a filling of space, and I didn't think there was a beginning, middle, and end of a story. I mean, was there a plot you can pull out of this? I, I actually didn't realize it was a one-shot. I knew it was going to be connected in the next metal, but I I thought maybe there would be a two after that that it came back around to and told a little bit more Hawkman stuff. But No? Um, yeah, so yeah, it really did. It really was empty then. Talk about a missed opportunity. This is a character that's got convoluted though it may be a deep history in the dc universe they could have teased aspects of the jsa of of the justice league hell they could have even tossed out maybe there's going to be a future hawkman of some sort and legion or something and and really just tantalized us with a bunch of stuff or how important this guy is for some crazy reason in what's going on with the dc universe but all they basically did was establish "Mm, he's dead and he's coming back and I felt from the end of Dark Metal 4 or whatever, we kind of already knew that. There is a vocal um, group of, of comic readers that want a JSA, want a Legion, and he could fit in either one of those, right? Uh, he was certainly a JSA member. He's card-carrying yeah. a member of that. Uh, yeah. To me, it would be new ground for them to put him in the Legion. But if he is indeed immortal, as they keep telling us... Why not? I think that'd be a fascinating place to put him. Be you know you have to rework a, a few things or whatever, but you know hey he's Thanagarian or whatever, so there's something about being from that planet that makes him special. Uh, the Legion ha- you have to have an a- a actual superpower, which you could argue Hawkman does not, but I think you could work around that. Now you watch um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow on on yes. CW, correct? Yes, I do. Uh, now the Hawkman mythos on that is that jive with the Hawkman in the comics that you've read? In so much as um, there is a period of time that it, it, it lines up with, yes. Was that always his backstory? No. The meteor and the... The meteor the and stuff... They pulled in after the second or third take on Hawkworld. Because originally, Hawkman was a, uh Egyptian archaeologist who discovered the wings, all that kind of a stuff. I forget the specifics of the Golden Age version. With the Silver Age, he was this policeman from another planet or whatever, of Thanagar. Okay. And then in the more recent Bronze Age, whatever, 
they kind of said, you know what, this is getting a little confusing, particularly after Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they, you know, was he originally a JLA member? Is he on both Earths? And now both Earths are one. How does that work? They kind of had this increasingly convoluted, well, the grandson, or the son of Hawkman was in the JLA, oh, oh, but it wasn't really a son. It was somebody posing as Carter Hall Jr. And no, no, that's not it. It's this, it's this, you know, and then they, they completely revamped what, what Thanagar, the planet, was like. And then it got to the point where it's like, this is so damn confusing. There's so many takes on the character. Why not just, you know, kind of amp that up a little? Let's go toss in, you know, various Hawk-themed characters from the West and the 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 medieval times or whatever. And just say that they're all kind of incarnations of this guy and, and tie it in that way. So they eventually got to the comics what they wound up pulling from the comics for Legends of Tomorrow. Now, in there, they tied him to Vandal Savage. I don't think originally that was uh, as tightly done. Um, again, I could be mistaken on that. It was an issue of the Hawkworld series where, and it may have been during Zero Hour, where they kind of established that there was all Hawkmen are this Hawkman. Oh. And it, it's like almost any aspect of, of comics continuity. If you try to explain it, it just doesn't make sense. And at first, so that first issue of Metal touched on the archaeology origin then. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that's the one they're going with now. Well, I think, well, this one's an archaeologist, but he's still the reincarnating version. Gotcha, okay. They're trying to have the best of both worlds. How do you ha- how do you deal with the fact that Hawkman, who's from an uh, alien planet with high-tech stuff, goes around with a mace and clubs people over the head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why go low school, old weaponry or whatever? Because he was always, again, almost a little anachronistic at times when he was with the Justice League and so forth. Um, and again, that that was something they really had to start dealing with more starting in the 70s when they would do JLA-JSA crossovers. Of Now you've got two characters that are very similar. How do you start to differentiate them a little more? How do you, you know, uh, uh, go from the broad brushstrokes into a finer, finer grain of detail for the characters? Was he ever in uh, Super Friends or that the the, oh, the show that followed? Absolutely. Okay, I thought I remembered that. He was one of the main ones in Challenge of the Super Friends and stuff like that. But not the first incarnation, right? Well, it was different seasons of the same show, and they changed the name or whatever. Okay. Uh, the first season had Wendy and Marvin and stuff, and that was literally Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Robin would show up. Um, and then Robin actually became an actual Super Friend. Uh, when they got Zan and Jane and stuff like that. And then, uh, particularly when they got to, um, Challenge of the Super Friends, that's when you would start seeing a lot of Hawkman, Flash, Green Lantern. Uh, by this point, um, Samurai, Apache Chief, a little later you'd get El Dorado, uh, kind of those, those ethnic minority heroes or whatever. Yeah. Which, on the one hand, were very token. Forgot about that token characters, but it's also kind of cool to give people of all ethnicities the sense that, yeah, they too can be a hero. Have you watched them since their original airings? Oh, yeah. And and you you own them? Uh, Yeah, I've got them on DVD. How do they hold up? Some better than others. Some are classic, some are really cool. Others, it's, yeah, okay. The diminishing returns as the series aged, the, the originals are better, or the other way around? I would say the first season's a little hard. This is back when they had Ted Knight doing a lot of the narration and stuff like that, and it was very cheesy stories. Okay. Um, I think there's a sweet spot for me around Challenge of the Super Friends, just because you got like 13 heroes coming and going. Yeah. Uh, and then 
near the end, it's very uh, much a mixed bag for me because the last season, Galactic Guardians, I think it was, and I could be off a season or two on some of this, had more of a Jack Kirby influence. I'm not that big on the fourth world, so that was not a plus. But it had both Firestorm and um, Cyborg, which was kind of cool. And it had uh, Adam West as Batman by that point. At least I think it did. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out the old stuff, um, there are a couple of points where it's got some really cool things. And I think is a definitive take on, on the DC Universe. Not the definitive take, but a definitive take. And to me, that's kind of sort of the... Um, the version of the characters they use in, like, Scooby-Doo team-up and such. And I would absolutely have established this as one of the, the used worlds of the multiverse. Because I think there's a certain amount of take that simpler Saturday morning take on the characters and having that Batman team up with the main Batman. Because I think the main Batman would be a little envious of just how much simpler that guy's world is. <laughs> he seems happy. He seems Why can't I be happy sort of a thing, you know? <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. But, yeah. Well, back to reality. Uh, Hawkman found number one. Uh, it was yeah. It, the, the art was pretty good, and um, it was an okay story. But doggone it, it was also not really something that I would recommend to anyone. It wasn't in a very small niche of of Hawkman fandom, and uh, it's it's kind of a throwaway. So. Uh, for me, that's going to be a C minus. If it had been anybody other than Hitch, almost on the art, I'd probably be right there with you. Maybe even a little lower. But to me, it's it's completely forgettable. But it had really nice art. But the bottom line is, it didn't move the needle at all for me. So I'm going with a, a flat C. It is. It's there. Uh, if you are a Hawkman fan, you already got this. If you are not, you do not need to get this. And I hate to say that because again, some of the Hitch art kind of good. Shall we move on to our Marvel book? Yes. This is Thanos number 14. And this is one of those where, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Some weeks there's some definite similarities in some of the books we pick. And this is another one where I thought it was a, a decent issue, but there just wasn't much there. I would split this story into kind of two parts. There's the part at the beginning where it's just kind of the backstory on Thanos and kind of who he is, where he is. In case you've slept through, I don't know, the previous 13 issues and Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity this, that, and the other, and the previous couple of Thanos series, or, uh, uh, in, uh, let's see, Infinity Watch, and or, you know, any of those sorts of things. It's not like Thanos is an obscure character. But if you don't know who he is, here's a splash page that will cryptically give you the highlights. And then... The rest of the issue... A beautiful splash page. Jeff Shaw's art is fantastic. True. And I would say not only is the art itself, but the layout was really kind of cool. You know, where it's got him in the middle and then him facing off with Adam Warlock. It it was, as far as, as this sort of a splash goes, it was one that I felt was a bit inspired without being, oh my god, they're showing off. Um, but the rest of the issue was basically old Thanos recruiting young Thanos. And young Thanos kind of being young Thanos and uh, having none of it and, and fighting back because, well, he's Thanos. And that's about it. Um, it just, it, it again, what we got isn't bad. It uh, was a, a, an acceptable read. But I got to the end of this thinking, that's it? Huh. I Yeah, I, I really dug this. Um, I thought 
art was fantastic. Uh, the the groundwork had been laid in the previous issue when uh, Donny Cates had taken over the writing chores and introduced the cosmic ghost writer who is a really cool character, um, someone really to give a little bit of comic relief um, to a normally serious uh, character, or at least seemingly serious character. So that that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I like the, the, the back and forth young Thanos, old Thanos. It was very reminiscent of young and old Thor, uh, the Jason Aaron in Jason Aaron's run. Um, so that, that's worked for me and maybe I'm kind of in the bag for that, but, but I, I kind of like I, that I, uh, older version of oneself to help the younger version of oneself to get from point A to point B. I, 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 I kind of like that story. I see that, but I think between the take on Thor with that, that we got not too long ago and what we've gotten over in old man Logan recently with uh, maestro and Hulk, um, I feel they've hit that chord a couple of times, and this felt derivative because of that. Well, that would be an editorial <laughs> uh, prerogative, and as we have discovered, sometimes the editors seem to be asleep at the wheel and uh, don't know how to do their job. And it's funny because this may be part of the um, the storyline that uh, is why Starlin left. I don't know if it is, but he had referenced a story in Thanos. Yeah, that was too similar, or whatever, to what he was going to be doing. It, it's funny. There, Greg Pox had got a question on Twitter and said, "Well, when you're when you're working for Marvel and you're taking on this character, do they give you this rule book about who the character is and what you can do with him and what some of the 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 things that you can't do and and you know a, a guidelines and things like that?" And Greg Pox said, uh, "No." You read as much as you can, and you rely on your editors. Well, it's <laughs> funny because I, I know that to be true, but it also, again, editor to editor. I mean, at one point, bazillion years ago, I uh, did a blind submission uh, for a Batman story. And one of the, the many, many, many reasons it was rejected was, oh, we have other plans for this character you're using. And granted, that was a character that literally happened to be in one panel of the story, just as a, a almost a reaction shot sort of a deal. But that particular editor knew what he had in flight and said, no, no, I don't want that to possibly conflict. And I think he was also just looking for, you know, hey, this is a nobody amateur creator. You know, we're not going to do this anyways. And I don't say that was a wrong decision either. Um, but it comes down to TV shows that are also kind of sort of a shared universe, sometimes across shows, sometimes not. They have writer Bibles. They have this is who the character is. Not to a crazy detailed degree in all cases, and sometimes not even in most cases, but if you were to write for, say, a Star Trek show, they would have a Bible. Now, whether you could get access to it or not depends on your relationship to them or whatever, but if they're like, hey, we want you to write, odds are you'd get a copy of this Bible and you'd get a sense of, oh, Data's like this, Picard's like that, Worf is like this. Oh, it's called a turbo lift, not an elevator. Good to know. Things and you that couldn't come in and say, uh, Picard has always been a Klingon <laughs> and he is actually working for them and he's deep undercover. You couldn't do that. Or have Picard walk onto the bridge, Wesley walk on, Picard smack Wesley upside the head and say, get off the, off the bridge, you kid, you know, or whatever. You, you, they wouldn't act that, that wildly out of character. <laughs> Whereas in comics, hey, Sometimes new creative team, all bets are off. All bets are off. Um, 
with this uh, this this new Ghostwriter character they established, uh, have they given him a name? Not yet. I want his first name to be Michael. <sighs> okay. And you're like, why? Why? Because they're that that scene where finally the two Thanoses. You know, it's clear what old Thanos wants. He wants help. And there's this great shot. And again, this goes back to uh, the artist doing a terrific job. He has been holding this Ghost Rider, Herald or whatever, up by his flaming head. And he just drops him. There's a certain drop the mic aspect to that that I just think would be funny. <laughs> okay. That was a long way to go for that. Okay. It All was, right, but you. it was worth it for me. I got you. Sometimes you just entertain yourself. and That's fine. You're Somebody to has to. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think... The the art's fantastic in this. Uh, I I think Donny Cates is is uh, writing for the trade probably, but um, he's he's leaving enough on there's enough meat on the bone for the single issues to matter to me. I I really like the the characters in here and the way that they are written. They they're engaging. Um, I care about them even though Thanos is a horrible murderer. Um, I like him, and that's weird. And I, I, I like Cosmic Ghost Rider. I want to see more of them. Uh, each issue makes me excited for the next issue. I I think that's so rare. Um, sometimes I read out of habit, and not because there's anything on that p- the page of that issue that made me want to read again. So I, I love it when the when the issue does its job. And makes me want to read it more, and I think that this this issue did that, and it's just tons of fun stuff in here. I, I I'm I'm really excited about it. The, the 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 writing, the art, they work really well together. And uh, who knew I would be reading a Thanos book? I guess for me, it was good. I didn't think it was that good. Um, it was entertaining, but it felt light. And some of the things that I think are clicking with you a lot more with me, I again felt some of that was derivative. Um, and I felt while what we got was good, it was too little for, you know, mm-hmm. an issue. Um, I didn't feel like we really made much progress from kind of where we'd left off last time. Um, and again, the recap kind of puzzled me a little in so much as we're 14 issues in on a Thanos series. Should they not know this? But it also comes but down to I've read all the stories that they're referencing, I think. But we have a new creative team, so it's like an issue one to me. Well, Last it's issue. it's like an issue yeah. fourteen to me, right? And see, that's that's the difference. Um, when I, I I allow the new when new creators take over, I allow it to be a fresh start, and I'm hoping for a fresh start. I'm willing to a fresh start to the story, but almost a fresh start to the series is what kind of got me on this. They 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 almost went back to to once upon a time, if you will. Um, but I can see where you're coming from on that. You, I yeah. think you're a bit more charitable on that than I am. Well, I, I am with this one. I mean, I might not be with the next one that uh, that I'm a little more invested in. Having not enjoyed the previous thir- the previous twelve issues uh, before Donny Cates took over and dropped the book, I don't have uh, that history with this with this title. So for me, this is this is great. I'm giving it an A minus. Wow. I think if you um, haven't read Thanos and can pick up still pick thirteen up off the rack. It's a really good sample, um, thirteen and fourteen, to give you an idea of whether this is this is going to be for you. Um, I wouldn't bother with those first twelve, and maybe if you are already heavy into the Thanos Thanos uh, series, I, it might not it might not work as well. Um, but it sure worked for me. To me, it's not a matter of being heavy into the Thanos series, but I felt they were recapping 
major milestones of the Marvel Universe. And I freely concede that this is an aspect of me being a really long-time reader of the Marvel Universe and remembering getting off the shelf Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Quest, Infinity This, That, and the Other back in the 90s and, and stuff like that. Whereas there are other people who might not even have been around back then, much less have read that stuff. So I get there's a need for some of this. It just felt like between the recap and the uh, old Thanos taking the rest of the issue to say, hey, I need some help. I, I didn't feel like I got anything new out of it. Right. Um, but, and, and, I, and I can definitely see that there's a little decompression there. For me, it was more than a little, but I'm glad you enjoyed it more than I did. I'm going with a, a C plus on this. Um, certainly, I do think this is uh, better than what we had been getting earlier in the series. Um, but I think there are also better books by Marvel to be getting, but Thanos is a major villain of, of the Marvel universe. Uh, like on a Doctor Doom, Red Skull kind of a level, um, it's a character worth knowing about, if nothing else, because of the impact it's having on the movies and stuff. Anything else on that one, or move on to our other book? Yeah, let's do that. All right, this is Bonehead number one. This is from Image Comics. I will be honest and say this didn't even hit my radar during the solicitation cycle. When you're like, hey, we should do this, I'm like, do 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 what title? Um, um yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I looked up the solicit. I let's, looked not, up- let's not blame me entirely. It's just a recommendation of many recommendations I made that week. And I don't know if, if I want to take complete credit for this book. <laughs> Seriously? You know? Okay. <laughs> Well, I was I was going to say that I, I looked at it, and it's like, this is actually a nice-looking cover. Um, the, the art seems <laughs> yeah. decent. Yeah, I'm sure you can find some nice things to say, but... I, frankly, really enjoyed this issue. I think really? the uh, lead character is uh, fairly cryptic. He doesn't really say anything. He's got a full face mask, so I don't know who the hell he is or what his, his motive is. But there is an aspect of this where I got enough of a sense of... The world, tangential though it may be, there's a lot more to explore. Um, and the, the motivation he had was more kind of an in the moment, but the world intrigued me enough that I'm gonna give it, uh, uh, a chance to, you know, earn a place on my pull list, give it a couple issues or whatever. I've already, uh, you know, uh, sent the email saying, hey, please add this. Um, because I thought the art was good, I thought the story was, uh, entertaining enough. I've got questions as to, what are the gladiators? Why are these guys doing it? What is he training for or getting an opportunity to go do? I've got a lot of unknowns, but they were unknowns in a good way versus uh, I really felt I should have been told more or something. Hmm. It, it, to me, it was a bizarre mashup of like a kind of a VR futuristic parkour world in Spider-Man or some such. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was leaning. You know, there was a I, I just felt like maybe there's a, a video game that this thing is based on that I'd missed in the solicitation or this is, you know, inspired by some kind of parkour YouTube series or something. And there was an awful lot of action in here, um, jumping from building to drone and climbing up walls. And, um, I'm sure that's impressive to and people enjoy that, but I'm not one of those people that get a lot out of, out of that sort of, uh, stuff in my comics. Uh, so I, I, the the characters were interchangeable. I don't know who's who. Uh, there's there are two or th- I think there's maybe two sets of bad guys, or there's a good guys, bad guys, and middle guys. Maybe I don't know. That was kind of confusing on on who's who's who yeah, as far as who to root for and who to root against. 
Um, Machine 56 was uh, this clever little thing that was the creation of this comic and is also, I guess, the, the, the guy's helmet is also Machine 56. I don't know. Um, it's, it's super futuristic for futuristic sake. It's got, you know, some decent art, um, a lot of action, not a lot of, of substance to it. And, uh, I, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be reading any more of these. It's interesting because I felt it had more substance than say like that Hawkman found we just talked about. I agree that there's a lot of unknowns. And there's a lot of things just kind of partialed out as to, oh, he's got a jailbroken VR thing. I wonder what that means. But there's there's things for them. They're planting seeds for them to come back to, hopefully, or to, to flush out as, you know, I, I wouldn't expect the entire world to be crystal clear and transparent at the end of a first issue. This had enough where it's like, okay, to me, this, this 56 character is our lead character. I am curious what happens about him. I'm not going to say I care about him because I, I still don't really know him. Do you speak? Hmm? Did he speak? Um, don't think so. No, don't think so. He had a couple of word balloons that had the, the ellipsis. I've yet to figure out how to correctly read that. Because it's not a hmm or, or whatever, because you could actually put words there, or, you know, HMM or whatever, you know, kind of a deal. Um, so, even though he doesn't speak, he does things. He shows a sense of personality, whereas I, I thought Hawkman kind of lacked that entirely in many parts. Um... They've got an interesting world that I want to explore a little further. I, I thought this was fun um, and entertaining enough for me to come back. I didn't get bored reading it, whereas other things I have. And I found this much more memorable than, say, that, that Hawkman found issue we talked about. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I, I think I, I definitely liked it more than Hawkman. Nowhere near as much as Thanos, though. I mean, so it's it it's somewhere in the middle. That's that's fair. And for me, it... Um, uh, I, I, frankly, I liked it better than both because I thought things happened in this. Now, whether we know what they mean and whether they're of, of uber importance or not, um, I, I felt I got more story or more nuggets or more substance or something in this than in either of the other two. Um, but I'm more, you know, intrigued by the parkour stuff or the VR stuff and uh, than than maybe you are or whatever. So maybe this is just a little bit more up my alley than yours. Um, for me though, this is something that I'm going to go with a B plus. Like I said, I've sent in the email saying, Hey, I want a, a print copy of this in the next two to, to see where it goes. Now it could be, I get those next two and say, you know what? There's really not much here and I leave it or, Hey, I love it. Let's keep getting it. Don't know. Yeah. I'm probably going to go with a B plus or no B minus. I'm going to go with a B minus. Uh, the, the sirens in the background are, are not people coming to take me away from my poor grades. Uh, so I don't know if you can hear that or not. But, I can. I was wondering. Uh, uh, my, my, they the didn't rating hear about my police review. is coming after you. <laughs> the review police are coming, and they didn't like it. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a B minus. And uh, the, there's something in here, but I, I, I don't. It's not for me. It's not for me. It does. It does have a lot of nice visuals to it, but it's got to be something that you're. That, that appeals to you, and I, it just doesn't appeal to me. Well, yeah, because something could be great, but not for you, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, I felt that way about certain things. Of It's just this isn't connecting with me. I mean, to me, that's how I feel about a lot of Jeff Lemire's work. It's like I just don't care about the story he's telling, whether it's well told or not. Sometimes if it's uh, a story's well told, I may care about it less because I'm not into that kind of story. So I'm, I'm curious, like I said, where this goes and what happens with it. Thanks for listening to John Mayo and I review a DC, a Marvel, and a other publisher's 
book. We do that each and every week. If you enjoyed that, and uh, check back here. And you can also check out John's podcast, The Weekly Comic Spotlight. Check him out at the, uh, the comic book page website. Thank you guys for listening. Drew signing off.